0: What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast. We're here with Episode 5 here in Clemson, South Carolina, and we're ready to get talking hockey with you guys. Matt, fresh out of New Orleans. How you doing, Matt?
1: I'm good. Uh, coming back from losing a national championship isn't the best. No. But, again, I was telling you before the podcast, cool experience. Uh, Superdome is insane. Um, and Dallas LSU. They were the better team.
0: Yeah, they were, but real quick, I heard that there's a lot of, like, standing water around in the dome, just, like, in the concourse, just, like, there'll be puddles all over the place?
1: Uh, not that I was aware of. Okay. So, yeah, but, <laughs> right, uh, sorry, I still have... Oh, no, that's okay. If you guys haven't seen the Bagel Boss video... Oh, yeah. Uh, just that's look up Bagel Boss it. on YouTube, and the guy, there's this five-foot-two guy just ranting about how he can't get any women on dating sites... Because I guess they just trash him for being short. And then he like goes off on this rant and this guy's like, dude, calm down. And he's like, don't tell me to calm down. You're not God or my father or my boss. <laughs> he's got that New York accent. So, um, speaking of amazing accents, Christian, <laughs> okay. Christian has a, a dream for you uh, to spell out for you. One, and two, an amazing business opportunity. So if anybody, <laughs> okay. anybody in the, Carolina Hurricanes organization is listening. Uh, we are taking we take cash and checks mm-hmm. for our ideas. Mm-hmm. Go
0: ahead. And endorsements opportunities like Yes. If you want to advertise on our show, feel free. So there's this chicken place down here called Raisin Canes. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it, but it's a real thing. They have great chicken. That's not really the point. <laughs> the point is they I have ha-
1: four items on their menu a three piece, a four piece, a six piece, a chicken sandwich. That's it. Anyway, go yeah, ahead.
0: Okay. Thank you. Um, So I had this dream. I was sleeping. Um, I had this dream. I don't really know why I remembered it, and I don't really know why I had the dream. Um, But just for some reason in my dream, I was watching this TV show called Raising Canes, which is obviously a copyright issue. But it was a Carolina hurricane show in which the crew will go. It's like a documentary series. Whether go to the hometown of the players on their team and, like, talk to their parents about what it was like to raise the cane. It's a great idea. Um, but, like, the one that stuck out to me, that's the only one I really remember, um, Andrei Svechnikov's mom was, like, this big... Russianly. <laughs> built, I, built like no, a linebacker. No, no disrespect <laughs> to her Andre Smetchnikov's family. I have no idea what they look like. But just in my <laughs> just dream, in your dream. In my dream, this is what she looks like. She's built she was, like Zach yeah. Thomas from
1: from <laughs> the Miami Dolphins.
0: She looked like the kid from uh from Remember the Titans, the white kid. Um <laughs> that narrows it down. It kinda alright anyway. So uh so I'm just, dri- like, I'm dreaming about this. They go to their house, and this big lady, Russian lady goes, I tell Andre every day that he has to work hard because he's a stupid boy and he's not doing anything but fight better or play hockey. And I am saying, do not fight better, is dangerous. So I say, Andre, you better come in for dinner at 6 o'clock and then you have to go back outside to the rink to practice hockey so you can be an NHL and I can have money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm literally not kidding that's what my dream was
1: what's so so funny is I've heard this story three times and it's just as funny as the first time
0: moral of the story is I have so many good ideas when I'm conscious that they start spilling over into my subconscious so even even (laughs) my ideas when I'm sleeping are better than your ideas when you're awake so that's so anybody with
1: NHL connections if you're listening get Carolina on the horn, <laughs> yeah. and we will we will write and produce this show. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um,
0: oh man. Uh, all right. Let's get into we, yeah. Hockey. Why don't we start doing Jeez. the show now?
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, Jim Montgomery fired. Uh, this was a while ago, but last week it kind of came out why
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, related to alcohol. He looks like he was an alcoholic, and it was spilling over into his work time. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, elaborate. so, like,
0: it was the biggest mystery in hockey for a while. Like, on Twitter, everyone Bigger was like... Bigger than the Zodiac. Yeah. How, like, why did Jim Montgomery get fired? Because if, if you'll remember back, um, right the day before Jim Montgomery got fired, the NHL released a four-point plan to combat player abuse by coaches after a couple scandals that come out about... Uh, Bill Peters. Bill Peters and the Maple Leafs coach whose name is slipping my mind right now. Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock, thank you. Um, yeah, just stories about them had come out, and then Jim Montgomery gets fired the day after the league chooses to address it. So the weirdest part was they came out and said that it had nothing to do with player abuse. It was strictly a hockey move, which made it even weirder because that was the point in the season where the Dallas Stars were playing their best hockey. They had won like... They fift- were like 9-1-1. One, and one. Yeah, exactly. And like 15, 15 out of 20. 20 or something yeah. like that um, after a slow start. So... Jim Montgomery said, I'm not going to tell you why right now. Eventually I'll get there and I'll tell everybody. Um, so then it just came out. There were a couple rumors that I didn't hear. I just heard people say that there were rumors that people had seen him at AA meetings even while he was coaching the team. Um, yeah, it just turns out that he you know, had some form of alcoholism, that he was had some addiction, and he needed to get help for it. And with players... A lot of times they can say, okay, take leave, better yourself, come back and play for our team. But backlash against the Dallas Stars for firing Jim Montgomery is not fair because he's a coach, and the coach works the most hours of anybody on the team. Uh, It wouldn't be fair to him to expect him to get better and not have his decision-making be impaired, which is the reason that he was fired anyways, because it was impaired by alcohol. I think that or Jim Montgomery said that it was amicable, and I believe him, obviously. I think that this team did the right thing in allowing him to step away rather than telling him to juggle the duties. I don't think that would have been possible. So I think the understanding is that Jim Montgomery will, you know, get better. He'll get help, and then he'll return to coaching once he's gotten over this addiction, this problem. So we wish him the best. Obviously, he was a great coach in Dallas. Yeah.
1: Uh Something I want to bring up, we, I mean, we've we talked about it before, I just want to tell our listeners that maybe like a hockey coach, probably more than any other major sport, they probably work the longest hours, mm-hmm. probably 20 hours a day. So this is not, alcoholism is a disease. This is not a disease that you can deal with and also work the long hours that is required of an NHL head coach. Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, we wish him the best. He will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can figure this out, which it looks like he will, he will get hired by another NHL team. It, it's not the last of Jim Montgomery. Definitely not. And I do want to point out uh, whatever it is, you know, I'm hoping that the Dallas organization is helping him wherever he needs help. And maybe whatever you believe in, the universe tends to give back to people who give, and the Dallas Stars are now second in the West uh, after all this chaos has ensued. Mm-hmm. So Dallas is looking pretty good, and they're going to make the playoffs once again.
0: Yeah, I like the way you put that. I think I think the Stars and Jim Montgomery have all handled this with class and yep. the way that you're supposed to handle it. So that's a silver lining there, that the Stars were able to endure this, and they're Still playing well without their head coach, and or obviously with a new head coach now. Host
1: the Winter Classic, sell out the Cotton Bowl, Mm and win in Dallas. Which is an accomplishment
0: that I don't think people really understand, to sell out one of the biggest stadiums, the second biggest stadium that's ever been sold out for a hockey game. Yeah. Um,
1: In the South, in Texas. In Texas.
0: In Dallas, Texas on a rainy day, or on a cloudy day in the middle of, or in the new year.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, let's let's keep it with coach firings. Peter Laviolette fired. This was kind of... of This was a weird one.
0: Yeah, it was. And the, we're going to get to a weirder one in a little bit. Yeah, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this was a little weird. They're, obviously, they're not playing great, but uh, it just seems like an easy cop-out to blame the coach, especially when the coach has a track record that Peter Laviolette has. In hockey... It, I mean, coaches' voices can get old. You can Losing the locker room is something that's often said in basketball and football where guys just don't respect the coach anymore. I don't think that's really the case in hockey. Guys won't really stop respecting their coach. They know that he's in the position that he's in for a reason. But I think there's something to be said that some coaches just have voices that get tougher to listen to as you go on. Yeah. Um, when the guy's just broken record rambling on, the same stuff before every game, it can just start to be something that you don't listen to anymore, even just subconsciously. So change is usually good, especially in hockey. So we'll see what happens. Um, coaches this year, especially who come in have had success right away, except in New Jersey where it's gotten worse. But hopefully that's the case here in Nashville because they are a super talented team that everyone was talking about cup potential this year and they've fallen deep out of the playoffs before Lobby Lit was fired. So,
1: I think... It's, it's weird that we've seen, what, now six coaches fired this year?
0: It's a lot.
1: And a lot of them, a lot of the places where the coach was fired, they immediately see success. Uh, mm-hmm. Toronto is mm-hmm. a massive one, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And maybe this is what they need because they are so talented. They're such a talented squad. Mm. They went up 2 nothing in the Winter Classic in Dallas only to lose, but that's beside the point. The weirdest thing about this firing is that the Preds GM, two days before he fired Laviolette, mm-hmm. told the media, it wasn't like he molded over. He said, I'm not interested in a coaching change right now. And then he fires Laviolette two days later.
0: So I so. guess in that moment he wasn't, but then 48 Maybe hours later... Maybe he had like he a, a dream
1: like you did and <laughs> just saw this Russian woman speaking like fire lovulet.
0: Yeah, let's go with that. I think that's what happened. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we we talked about that. It's weird in hockey media where you can just lie to the people like or at least be purposefully vague. Um, we see that with, with injuries exactly, all the time. Exactly. Even with injuries, it's like with Sidney Crosby who was just hurt who we're going to talk about. We knew it was a sports hernia based on like whatever guys who break it on Twitter, but the team release said Upper body injury. Yep,
1: and you usually see that. That could be a hernia. That could be a collarbone. That could be a hand. That could be a head injury. Uh-huh.
0: So. Exactly. So, super vague. It's just an interesting point about NHL media. that Teams don't give an inch where they don't have to, and I guess that's part of the CBA. I don't really know how that works, but, I mean, that's the case. It's definitely the vaguest of all sports when it comes to injuries.
1: And former Devils coach John Hines taking the job. hmm And this is something that you brought up. That he's just the third coach in Preds history. Yeah. Because a lot of people, it's kind of weird that a lot of people don't remember Barry Trotz was there for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Well, 16 out of the team's 22. But
0: 16 years as a coach in the NHL is... A 100. long time. That's a 100 years.
1: Yes. And, you know, his run with the Caps is so successful that that seems like ancient history, mm-hmm. him with the Preds. And now his success with the Islanders. So... But, yeah, that's crazy that he's only the third coach. That just shows you how successful this team has been Mm -hmm. uh, in their 22 years. Yeah, it is.
0: They built it up quick. Uh, They had the uh, expansion draft rules that weren't meant to immediately favor the team like they are now. So even more impressive for them to even be at the point that they are at this point. Because it took the Capitals how long to make their first cup, right? And, obviously, they're one of the more successful teams.
1: 24 years. Yeah,
0: they're one of the more successful teams nowadays. But...
1: Well, they also had the worst inaugural season ever, and (laughs) nobody. now with the new rules, nobody will ever come close to only winning eight games or whatever it
0: was. And I do think that the this is a different discussion, but I think the Golden Knights caught lightning in a bottle with the whole shooting and whatever. Them, it working out that they get one of the best goalies in the league because the Penguins wanted to protect their young goalie, and you can only protect one goalie. Yeah. I don't think that's how it's going to work in the future. Um,
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. The Vegas shooting, like,
0: yeah, yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. The Vegas shooting. And then it just so happened that their home opener was like several days after uh-huh. the shooting in Vegas and the Vegas strong moment. And we saw that before with Boston, mm-hmm. um, the Boston Marathon, the teams kind of rallied together, yep. like all of them.
0: The Red Sox ended up winning the World Series that year. Yeah, the so, Bruins went to the Cup, lost in six. It's to the it's Black really cup. crazy
1: how you can see, unfortunately, that a tragedy happens, mm-hmm. but it turns out that teams, like you said, catch lightning in a bottle. And again, whatever you believe in, uh, the universe mm-hmm. usually has a way to to treat people that yeah, it does that do good. So. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it back. Yeah, yeah. Look, John Hines. I I hope he's successful. You know, I do too. I don't hate the. I don't really know anybody that just straight up hates the Preds. You know.
0: No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a great story. It, it started with Smashville, the whole Carrie Underwood yep. thing with Mike Fisher being her husband, um, and then he came back for a year. And, and uh, it was awful. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's that was the first story of wow, hockey can do stuff in the South. And now you have Dallas and Carolina, and it's really, like, growing like wildfire. But I think Nashville was the first, like, you can convince a team in a non-cold market to – I mean, you can convince a fan base to be diehard. Yeah. And then it happened in Vegas, and now it's happening in Dallas and in Carolina, and it's, it's In Seattle awesome. in two yeah, years. Yeah, Seattle. We love it. So, uh, Gosh, we got a lot of fire. I know. So this. we're going to stick with the Devils here, um, John Hines being their former coach. In a string of firings, they have now fired GM Ray Shiro. I don't have much on this. I just think they're, they're cleaning house, and I wouldn't be surprised if Wayne Simmons and T.K. Subban are gone by the end of the year.
1: How Do you know... I'm going to look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know off the top of your head how long he was at the Devils?
0: No clue. So, Shiro, well, he was...
1: GM of the Penguins from 06 to 14. Mm. So I'm assuming 14,
0: yeah, probably, 15. Probably since then, yeah.
1: Okay. So he wasn't really the GM or he wasn't a part of their success with Brodeur and No, so. yeah.
0: And you could see why they would do this because they have now had traded away first-round picks to get Taylor Hall and then turned him over pretty quickly, have gotten first-round picks in Nico Hashir and um, Jack Hughes. And they just want to make sure they're doing the right things and surrounding those guys with the right players. They need
1: to get rid of P.K. Subban. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, the rumor was P.K. wanted out and he was not getting along with anybody in the locker room. But the past couple games, he's looked kind of like his his old self. Mm. So that's that's, uh, another interesting story to follow. Yeah, it
0: is. And you mentioned a rumor that he would go to an Atlantic team that there were some Atlantic teams that were interested in him. I don't know if the market dried up on him. The P.K. Subban, I don't want to say created the offensive defenseman, but he was definitely part of the generation that ushered that in. Yeah. And now there's like 50 P.K. Subbans, and that's the problem with it, you know?
1: And he's just not as explosive as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Like when he first won the Norris. Exactly. He, Like you said, he was kind of the generation or the class yeah. Of defensemen to usher it in. And now you have all these defensemen just scoring Brett Burns, Eric Carlson, John Carlson, Tory mm-hmm. Krug, Krug. Is Kruger defenseman? Yeah. Yeah. Tory Krug, Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. The list goes on. Yeah, it does. And he's just he's getting older. So whereas, what, McAvoy's 23. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Another
1: firing, <laughs> just because this is a script full of firings.
0: This is this, the craziest one of them all.
1: This what this happened this morning, yeah, right? Because I texted you, Gerard Gallant fired. Uh, Vegas has let me pull up their la, the record in the last. 10. They're
0: so they're one point out of the wild card and the the Pacific Division right now, and they're three points out of first place in the Pacific. The Pacific is so unbelievably tight, you wouldn't believe it until you looked at the standings. So they're they've lost four in a row. Okay,
1: I. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, what look, I'm look What's I, crazy is they've lost four in a row, right? And they're out of the playoffs, so the fifth team in the Pacific, like you said. And the fact that they're 3 points behind the Pacific champs at the moment, Arizona Coyotes. It's ridiculous. And they have a game in hand. So, I
0: this can, is insane. I cannot express how much I hate this move. I think that it's one of the dumbest things they've done as a franchise. And obviously they're a young franchise. But you have a guy who started his career as your coach and started your team with almost a Stanley Cup run. They took a team that should not have any business in the playoffs and almost won the Cup with them. Yeah. Last year he makes the playoffs. I think the only expansion franchise to make the playoffs two years in a row right off the bat. I don't know in that any stat, sport. But... In any sport. And now... You lose four in a row and you're still pretty much in the playoff picture and you want to can the guy for Peter DeBoer, who did nothing in San Jose with a bunch of talent.
1: I wouldn't say nothing. But okay,
0: he did something, sure. but
1: I also agree. You gave him two years, and in his two years he's like, what, the third winningest coach in hockey? <laughs> it's oh. like,
0: a, it's so a lot of people I think would be like, It's too soon. Say the Vegas Golden Knights didn't make the playoffs in the first two seasons, and then they were in this position they were in right now. Anybody who fired, if they fired Gerard Gallant, people would be like, that's so soon. Like, why would you even think about that?
1: Shout out to Will. He just sent me one minute ago on Twitter breaking the Golden Knights (laughs) and fired Gerard Gallant.
0: So Will just woke up, that's what we're... Pretty <laughs> much. He just
1: got off work and said, oh my gosh, this breaking news, which is crazy because we're talking about it right yeah, now. Anyway, continue.
0: But yeah, I think if if they were unsuccessful in these first two years and then now found themselves in this position, and I know that's a different situation, but still, people would be like, wow, that's so soon. Here they are, having two successful seasons under their belt as a franchise, and the coach who ushered all of that in is now fired, and I would expect him to get a job soon because... Coaches are dropping like flies, and yep. they're just recycling them right about now. Peter DeBoer got like a week off, and so did John Hines. I don't <laughs> know what kind of deal they got out of that, but I do know that they got to pay their coach until he finds a new job. So Peter DeBoer and John Hines were getting some time off before they had to go in and interview. Paid for, time exactly, off. Exactly. They had to go in and interview for new jobs. But, yeah, I I don't understand this at all. I want to finish my point. Go ahead. <laughs> if they fired him after two years of bad hockey and then half a year of good hockey, people would be like, wow, you didn't give him any type of chance. Now here he is, almost in the playoff picture, just lost four in a row, which is a normal hiccup in the NHL, and he's fired.
1: You know where I'd like to see him go? Where's that? The Minnesota Wild. Hmm. Can Bruce Boudreaux You're not a fan? No. I wasn't a fan when he was the head coach in the Caps. And then he went to Anaheim and did nothing. And then he's now in the wild and they're dead last in the central. Mm-hmm. So uh
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm My myself am not a fan of the new Blackhawks coach. So, I wouldn't mind to see him there. But, again, that would be too soon to move on from that guy, and it's been three years since they hired him after... Well,
1: Boudreaux's been there 100 years yeah, already. Yeah. Like, get rid of him. Anyway, yeah, this is insane. That, Crazy. The fact that they fired him after a four-game losing streak, uh, which is weird because they're six and... They're four... What are they? Four and six in their last ten. They lost four in a row.
0: Which means they were playing fine before that. Yes,
1: that's what that means. So... This is a weird one.
0: It reeks of uh, management of a young team being like, what's... But the thing is, they were in this position last year where they were teetering on whether they'd make the playoffs, and they ended up going on a run, and they made it.
1: Well, their GM's George McPhee, who's yeah. been there, done that.
0: Yeah, exact. So he's not really... Yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> and I, I have to trust that they know something that I don't, but...
1: Maybe this is another Zodiac, maybe. Jim Montgomery case. Maybe. All right.
0: They did say they wanted to move in a different different direction, hockey-wise. So, uh,
1: what? Not making the playoffs? I, I don't know.
0: All right, I don't know.
1: Uh, speaking of old guys, Kovalchuk <laughs> signs uh, league or vet minimum in Montreal, uh, seven hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, if he stays in the in the league, which he's in there now, and he just scored an overtime winner the other night, which is cool. What for do you? Him.
1: What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Because I know uh, we talked about it over Christmas break on the phone about you, the Bruins
0: maybe Yeah, him up. and
1: you were excited about it
0: yeah for the same logic um, that I have with him being on the Bruins it, I think it makes sense to take, give him a shot uh, it's not hard to find 700,000 of cap space in your 55 million dollar cap Um, I, I don't think that they expect him to change their team and he's not going to They're pretty far out of the... How about I tell you how much? They are a good nine points out of the playoff picture right now, and I don't think anybody expects Kovalchuk to be the guy that pushes them towards that. But yeah, is he going to add 15 goals before the end of the year? Probably not, but like eight or nine, some big situations. You have it up right now. He's playing on the first line, which I didn't expect, but
1: Yeah, that's why I pulled it up, because I didn't know where in the line rotation he would be. And he's in the first line, and according to dailyfaceoff.com, that's the 19th best first line in the league. The fact (laughs) that a a 96-year-old is playing right wing, and they're 19th best, but... Tomas Tatar is the real deal, and he's the left wing.
0: So. Kobachuk's always been, like, one of the fastest guys in the league when he's in the league. He left for the KHL for what seems like 500 years. Yeah. Um, and then came back on a ridiculous deal with um, L.A. But, yeah, he's not going to change the team. I think he still has some speed, but he definitely doesn't have 20 minutes a night in him for half a season. He still has that ripper shot. I think he'll add some goals, sure, but I'm not sure.
1: It's so crazy. We talked about uh, last, like, I guess our last podcast, mm-hmm. which was a year ago.
0: <laughs> Literally.
1: When he left New Jersey, it stunned everybody because yeah. he was one of the top wings in the league at that point, and he still had $70 million left on his contract in New Jersey. And he was like, I'm out. Going home.
0: Took 75% of the KHL's salary. Yeah. For himself. Uh, probably the second richest man in Russia right now. <laughs> other than Vlad Putin. Yeah, I. he wants to win, which him being on, he said, I want to go to a contender, I'll take vet minimum. And So why Montreal? And now he's on Montreal, which tells me he had basically no interest of anybody else. Which, again, I understand. He's not going to eat minutes for you. He's probably going to add 10 goals by the end of the season, which is fine. But, like. I mean, $700,000
1: is cheap for a guy right. who has been there and done that.
0: Right, and I'll say it again. It's low risk. It's If he doesn't do well, it's just any other guy that you're paying 700000 to. You don't expect anything of him. I didn't expect first And line. it is a two-way deal, which again tells me he had no interest because Montreal comes at him and says, Hey, you, Ilya Kovalchuk, richest guy ever, uh, one of the who could have been if you stayed in the NHL forever because you're one of the most talented players we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, You might play in the AHL. And he says, okay. It's just interesting.
1: Yeah. Speaking of another 96-year-old, yeah. Justin Williams, and I hate to call him Mr. Game 7 because he has one Game 7 yeah, loss. I, I put that in there. He has one Game 7 loss, and it was when he was with the Caps. <laughs> and then he goes on to beat the Caps last year in Game 7. Yeah. But he signed vet minimum with Carolina.
0: Yeah, this is a one way deal. He has up to he could add one point three million to that in incentives if he plays enough minutes and scores enough goals, uh wins enough game sevens.
1: Yeah, well, I say they bench him until game seven. That's
0: basically what they're doing. They said they're gonna give him as much time as he wants to get back into the lineup. And so a healthy scratch the rest of the way. He's working hard right now, but he's not gonna be in the lineup probably for another three weeks or so because I don't know how much he's been doing since then, but I know that you can't just, as a 40-year-old man, just step into the NHL and be like, whoops, I'm scoring goals again.
1: Well, the Canes are in the, what, first wild-card spot? Mm-hmm. So. so this
0: is like the Ilya Kovalchuk move that I expected to be made. Like, he joins a teams like, team like this that could use some secondary scoring and maybe add some goals that actually make a difference there. That's probably what they're looking for out of Justin Williams. Also obviously what you get out of Justin Williams is the locker room aspect of it, where he's going to lead that team better than anyone else can. So, I think that's probably the number one motivation. I don't think they expect much out of him. Offensively, he's going to be responsible. He's going to be good in the locker room. So, that's what they're going to get out of him. Yeah, I don't don't mind the move. Did
1: you, or do you see anybody else having interest in Justin Williams? We know. No. He won a cup. Carolina. He was the captain last year because really you couldn't give it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of born and bred in Carolina and then went out to LA and won two cups and a Con Smythe. But I think they signed him just because it's Carolina. Like when Mike Fisher came back for one year. I was just going to mention that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody else would have signed him other than Nashville.
0: Some guys just work in a certain place. And I'm saying it about Milan Lucic right now. I would love to take Milan Lucic back and play him on the fourth line just for no reason. Yeah. Because it's Milan Lucic, and he's going to work in Boston no matter what. Some guys just have markets that they love to play in, have organizations that they love to play for. Yeah, I don't think anybody else could have done anything with Justin Williams. But I do think Caurana is going to be able to do something with him. Okay.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, All right, this is a good one. I was, I woke up to this news in New Orleans and I was staying in my dad's hotel so I, I had to tell him. Mm-hmm. The first thing that came to mind when I saw this was bye-bye Braden Holpe. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Nick Backstrom signs five-year $46 million extension. I love it. This probably means he's going to retire a cap.
0: Yeah, I'd say so.
1: He has said himself... All right, Ovi's next. Like, let's get him signed. We'll both retire as caps. I love that. And again, that pretty much means we can't afford Braden Holpe, and that's kind of the direction yeah. we're going in. He's gone. Now, let's get something for him. I want him gone by the deadline. Hmm. You know he's gone. This is this is the direction you went in.
0: Yeah, if you're the Montreal Canadian, then you trade Carey Price because you know he's gone. Yes. Which isn't the same situation, but I'm just using that as another example. Yeah. If you're the Washington Capitals and you're the best team in hockey right now, and you trade away your star goaltender, you'd have to get another star goaltender in return. There's no way. You can't take Samsonov. I don't even know his first name. Oh, yeah. Ilya Samsonov is not going to win you a Stanley Cup.
1: You don't know that.
0: No, I don't know that, but (laughs) you're going to play with the Stanley Cup just because you know a guy's gone. Guys make moves to get stars so that they can win cups. You already have them. You don't have to make a move. So you just win the cup, and then you start again.
1: I guess that makes sense.
0: I get what you're saying, but, yeah, that's the logic I'm using. If you want to win a cup, you're willing to move away some guys for the future to get a guy in now that's going to help you win the Stanley Cup. Guys do it every year. That's how you win Stanley Cups in the NHL. Now you have the guy that's going to help you, and you can move him away to set yourself up well, or you can go all in for the cup this year when you know you have the pieces already.
1: Let me ask you a question because uh-huh. you brought it up before when we were watching the Bruins game last Saturday. Is Brayden Holtby that good? I don't or know. Or was it Mitch Corn? Yeah.
0: We talked about Mitch Corn before. I'm convinced this guy's like a genie or something because Robin Laner. Was in the Vezina talk, which I didn't even know about. That happened. That was the quietest Vezina finalist that's ever happened. Yeah, it was Ham, Ham, Bishop,
1: and Vasilevsky, who only won it because his team was so good.
0: Yeah, Robin Lehner is the standard for mediocre goalies in the NHL and has the year of his life on the back end of his career. It has to be because of Mitch Corn. Now, Tomas Grice is their starter. Uh, I didn't know how old he is. He's 34 years old, I think, or 32 years yeah, old. Yeah, you
1: looked it up. He's in his
0: 30s. And I had never even heard of him before now and now he's playing unbelievable for the Islanders. There that there has to be something behind that. Yeah, I don't know how good I don't know how good Brayden Holtby is. Uh but I know that you can't gamble and send him away because somebody knows how good he is or else he'd be gone by now.
1: Is it that or is it a city, a team? A front office has won a cup with this guy and they just don't want to deal with the feelings of sending him away because yeah. if you look at the offseason moves that the Capitals made after they won the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. it was to try to keep that team intact as much as possible and it didn't work out and then we had to deal with the emotions of dealing away Niskanen Mm -hmm. And other guys, Brett Connolly was big, not signing DSP back. You know, Mm -hmm. all these emotions of this team that we grew up, you know, watching and loved so much.
0: Finally did it.
1: Finally did it. And this is the team I want on the ice because I love every player so much. You know, Jay Beagle. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who Brett Connolly was. And then he scores 20 goals and wins the Stanley Cup. And now he's on the second line in Florida. Mm -hmm. So... Is it as much of Hopi did it with us, you know, but there's other factors of Mitch Korn, Barry Trotz, how good that defensive core was in the Stanley Cup in front of Hopi. Uh, And I remember a lot of times last year Reardon coming in and he was the defensive guy that he coached the defense where Hopi was left out to dry a lot. And we've seen it a lot this season, but he's been a lot more inconsistent. Mm. So, you got to put emotions aside and say, how good is he without Mitch Korn? Is he still good enough to win a Stanley Cup? And then you also have to throw in, Samsonov has never played more than 40, game, 40 NHL games in a season. Mm-hmm. Can he take the load of four playoff series? Because this is his rookie year.
0: Mm-hmm. So... I like this logic. I think there's a couple things at play here. Um, one, I think it's the same logic as like the Mike Fisher, Justin Williams thing, where if a guy works in a certain franchise, you you keep him around, especially when you have a, a chance of winning the Cup, which is why Justin Williams is back in. He's going to try to lead that team through the playoffs. That's why they want him there. Did I say Mike Williams? Justin Williams. Justin Williams. Okay. I
1: know you, meant Mike Fisher, Justin Williams. Yes.
0: My counterpoint
1: is they signed them for vet minimum. Hope he's gonna get paid ten million a year yeah. regardless next year. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's fair, but and despite Mitch Korn maybe being a magic man, there's only so much a goalie coach can do. Obviously, you have to be an incredible goalie in your own right to even be coachable by a guy like that. Yeah, there's a reason he's still there, and there's a reason. He led you to a cup, and the reason is Braden Hulpe. It's not Mitch Corn, no matter how much he had to do with it. The guy still can play goalie. You're the best team in the league right now. I say you. You're not on the team. The Capitals are the best team in the league right now. True. Um, and if the goalie was not playing up to par, like that's not what would be happening. You would be teetering around the playoffs. I don't think it's a risk that you can take. The other thing is the Samsonov problem that you mentioned where he's never played more than 40 games in his life and you're going to ask him to play every other night for 28 games in a row
1: and then four playoff series yeah that's what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah.
0: you can't do that no matter how much you think it's going to work no matter how high you are in Samsonov he's playing well so far this year but he doesn't have that load yet and you can't trust him with that until you give it to him. My only justification for moving Braden Holpe is if you move him for another veteran goalie that you think is going to work in the system that is getting less money and that is going to open up space for you to win in the future. But I still don't think it applies. I think right now you have the cap space to keep Braden Holpe and win a cup. I think you keep him. Okay. but it's And then you lose him at the end of the year. Yeah, and that's it's just guaranteed what he's gone next year. We right. can't afford him. That's just what happens. You lose guys at the end of the year. At least you went all in for the cup. If you go for another goalie and lose the cup, that will be the worst decision that the front office ever made because you had Braden Holpe, Vezina Caliber, goalie, and you moved him for the future of your franchise. And in doing that, you lost the cup that you had a real good shot of winning. Okay. I,
1: I definitely see your point. Send them off before the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I'm going to look it up for the people at home so I don't sound ridiculous. The trade that popped up in my head, you said for of another veteran goalie.
0: Oh God, no!
1: Was for Martin Jones straight up, and that's <laughs> I'm. I don't know why, but I'm a big Martin Jones fan. Oh, no,
0: you can't be! So interesting thing about Martin Jones <laughs> is he was a Boston Bruin for one day in a trade that involved the Penguins, and I think involved Jerome Gallant. I might be wrong about that.
1: I don't know. I know he. No,
0: was... no, 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 no! The Bruins drafted Martin Jones, moved him away.
1: Then he went to L.A. and backed up Jonathan Quick, and uh-huh. now he's the main man in San Jose. That's what happened.
0: There was a different trade where if Jerome you, McGinley was a penguin for one day before he became the uh, a Bruin.
1: If you look at the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2016, the only reason the Sharks were in the finals was because of Martin Jones.
0: And then in 2017, you could argue the only reason that they were in the playoffs was Martin Jones. He's one of the most incons He's notorious for being inconsistent.
1: What is Braden Holpe this year? Yeah, sure. I'm just saying, if it makes sense monetarily,
0: do you feel comfortable going forward with Martin Jones though, or would you rather? I'm a fan of Martin Jones. Would you rather so. build up Samsonov and just go with him? I and get It's a-
1: pretty much science he'll deliver that Samsonov is the successor uh-huh. of Holpe. And then so what you're in- saying is ride out Holpe the rest of the season, hopefully win a cup and then say, all right, you did your duty, you won two cups here. Yeah,
0: and then you sign, like, a Yara Halak, Anton Hudobin type. A uh, veteran guy that can can play
1: 30 games on a back-to-back. Exactly. Samsonoff be the guy. Mm -hmm. Why can't Samsonoff be the guy this year then?
0: Those were two Bruins guys that I just mentioned, and I I didn't mean to do that, but those were the two guys that came into mind. But, yeah, guys like that, veteran goaltenders. What are some other examples? Uh, Corey
1: Schneider. Come on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, not Corey Schneider. I uh, love you, Corey Schneider, but I think you need to retire.
1: Corey Crawford? Yeah. Because Blackhawks are definitely cycling him out, but Laner's mm-hmm. only on a one-year deal. They're splitting time
0: right now. Yeah, Robin S- Laner, good, good example. Peter Budai, I don't know where he is right now, but that's maybe not him, but that type of guy.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I wouldn't hate getting something for Holpe because it's already pretty much guaranteed that he's gone. Mm-hmm. It's my thought process.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely understand it. I just don't think you can risk that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, anyway, let's cycle all of this back to Nick Backstrom signing five years, uh, $46 million. My first thought was, Braden Hopey's gone.
0: Wow, that was a long tangent. Yes.
1: (laughs) My second thought was, I am so happy that this guy who... I think is 64th all-time in assist.
0: Mm-hmm. That is a crazy number for you to know, but...
1: Well, I saw it on Twitter. He's <laughs> okay. top he's top 70 in assist uh-huh. all-time.
0: Which is crazy.
1: And he's always overlooked. And...
0: Any guy for, top 100 in anything that has five years left in his career, at least, is someone you want to, keep to hold yes. on to. Yes.
1: And he's so loved by the Caps organization, the Caps fans, the family. Why don't you punch Sorry. the mic again? And... I'm just I'm happy with this. And he's he's a big reason why OV is so successful. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But that's, I think that's right. for another episode. I we think can you're argue. right.
0: This feels like a no-brainer to me. And even if it was, which it kind of is, a choice between Braden Holtby and Nick Backstrom, I think you have to take Nick yeah. Backstrom. And they did. And I, I'm happy they did because they now have... I mean, not a shot. I think it is now pretty much guaranteed that Ovi's going to come back to the Caps because they're keeping that. They've decided, okay, we're letting our nine, ten million, $10 million goaltender go because we want to keep these two guys who have been through thick and thin with us and yeah. throughout the whole time have been scoring 100 points every year. Mm-hmm. Just some unbelievable talent in Ove, Ovechkin and Nick Baxter. Yeah, that... Power play will always be lethal as long as Nick Backstrom, John Carlson, and Ovechkin are on it. Yeah, no and we have, Car- plug for we have Carlson it, for seven more years. Exactly. So, yeah, this is a no-brainer. Good for them. This is a deal that had to be done, but they did it. So I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's get to the All Star game. What are your thoughts? First, I wanna—I keep saying what are your thoughts, and then interrupting you.
0: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> My
1: first thought. Is I just want to keep pressing how much fun the All Star Weekend is now that they do three on three tournament style.
0: Not just that the skills comp, I mean the best sports thing that's ever happened. That's the vaguest thing I've ever said. Is the goalie shot competition? Just how many goals can you score from the from the goal? That's unbelievable. By the way, this is something we got to talk about. I brought it up now. It's not in the notes, so we're just going to do it now. Goalie scoring. There's a video online. I think I retweeted it on the Good Goal podcast Twitter. If I haven't, I will do it right now. There's a video online of all the goalie goals that have ever been scored, and more than half of them are the goalie makes a save, and then the team puts it in their own net on the next play. And that made me so angry when I was watching that.
1: Yeah, he shows me the video on Facebook, and he says, this is the most disappointing video I've ever watched in <laughs> my is. entire life.
0: Martin Brodeur has three goals. Somehow this happened to him twice where he just makes a save and then the team puts it in the their teams, own The team's,
1: yeah, deck. six on five, and then they pass it out, and it goes, yeah.
0: I don't know how that happened, but he ended up scoring a goal like an actual goal, so I'm glad that happened to him because...
1: Well, he has most all-time in three, but really, like your argument should be Ron Hextall has the most all time with two because he scored both of them, right?
0: hmm. Yes, that's my argument is that Ron Hextall has most of all time.
1: Okay. All right, let's get back to the All Star game. Yeah, why? Anyway, don't we? Uh, last man in. That's what you put in the notes.
0: Yep. So Dylan Larkin was one of those guys that could have been voted in for last man in. But he asked his fans not to to vote him in. Now, I have mixed feelings about this. I've told you what I feel. I want to know what you feel first. How do you feel about Dylan Larkin specifically saying, don't vote for me. I don't want to be in the All-Star game.
1: Uh, my first thought is Ovi doing it. Ovi was voted captain last year and this year. Said, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I'm getting up there in age. I need to take a break. You know, Go on vacation and then get my body ready for the second half. Of the season in the playoffs. Ovi's earned that right. Ovi's a guaranteed first ballot Hall of exactly. Famer. So what? He suspended a game. Fine. That That's just more break for him. Right.
0: Who is Dylan Larkin exactly. to say? Especially without the All-Star game. Dylan Larkin is nothing without the All-Star game. He made it as a rookie. Uh, he won the fastest man award or whatever the race is. The dumbest one. <laughs> he wins that, and that's the only reason he has any type of name. And then he goes out in a season where he and his entire team are playing some of the worst hockey I've ever seen in my life. And he has the audacity to say, nah, I don't want it. I need to rest in this long, grueling season where I don't try. It's like, come on, Dylan Larkin. Your team stinks. This is your only opportunity to do something good in the entire season. It's the only reason anybody would ever vote for you because you're fast and you win stuff like this and you don't actually score goals and be good at hockey.
1: And here's another thing. His reasoning was he prefers rest. What rest do you need? You're on the Red Wings. That's my you're gonna point. You're going to be golfing <laughs> in the second week of April. Uh-huh. You're going to get plenty of rest, pal.
0: So then right after I said that, Tuca Rask announces that he's not going to go to the All-Star game after being selected. And... His point about that was, first of all, it's it's the way he said it. Dylan, I just punched the mic again. <laughs> Dylan Larkin Dylan Larkin said, don't vote for me. I don't want it. Tuca Rast said, and the voting has changed. It's now NHL writers at NHL.com writers that pick, and then the last men in are the only people that have voted. But Tuca Rast opens up his press conference saying, first of all, it's a tremendous honor to be selected to the all-star team, and I can't express my gratitude enough. But I'm the number one goalie on a competitive team. We played deep into June last year and then had a very tough summer recovering from a loss and are now in a position to play deep into June again. I need some time to rest and reflect and get my body right on vacation with my family, and that's just what I've chosen to do. I've spoken with the team. They're okay with me taking a game off. I'm going to do it after the break. He comes out and he says, clear, this is me speaking now, not to go He comes out and says, thank you, but no thank you. I need the rest. I'm going to go take the rest. The team's okay with me doing it. This is when I'm going to take my game. That's it. Dylan Larkin didn't do it like that. He, it came off really smug, and it made me not like him as a person.
1: So, my, <laughs> see, made me mad. I have to be consistent with my argument. I don't know if Tuca's earned that right. Tuka's a, a phenomenal goal goalie.
0: I'm mad now. Go ahead.
1: Been there. He's been there. It's, he's not first ballot Hall of Famer. No, he's not. He's not potentially the greatest scorer that's all ever played the game.
0: <laughs> Definitely not one of the greatest scores. <laughs> <that everybody laughs> exactly. Did.
1: So you got to be consistent with Ovi's earned that right. Has Rask earned that right? I like how he did it, but has he earned the right to say, you know what, no thanks?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I think he has, but... It's also like, yeah, he's not on the same level of But it's, it's, it's all it's, relative. It's where you draw the line. Nobody's yeah. going to say, well, if Ovechkin did it, then definitely Tuka Ravs doesn't. Yeah. And that's what no. I'm saying. It's all
1: relative because yeah. Ovi's in a, a league of his own. It's like him exactly. and Crosby and everyone else below them in the league for recognition and stuff.
0: And I see both sides because for selfish reasons, I want to see everybody at the All-Star game. But also I understand that the NHL season is the toughest season to endure all 82 games. And when you have one week off in the entire season and you're told, yeah, you to play, you know, like the longest, toughest game you have all year when you're playing three on three and there's so much open ice. If you remember, Jeremy Yager was the first to do this a few years ago where he said, thank you for voting me in. But I don't even play three-on-three three in the normal game when it's five minutes because I can't keep up. Like, I'm too slow. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to be out for the rest of the year if I try to do this. And, and that was, like, the first. And I loved the way he did that because he was like, thank you so much, but I really can't do it, and I want to, but I can't. <laughs> and and that was fine. And now Ovi does it, and then now tukarask I Ovi's
1: also a different story because he was named captain mm. back-to-back years. They need to ask him next year.
0: Are you going (laughs) to... Are you going to do... Like,
1: because the Capitals' Twitter page made such a big deal both years. Our captain is their captain. Stuff like that. And then he's like, nah. I don't want it. I'll see y'all next week.
0: Yeah, so just to wrap this up, part of me... And I'm sure you're the same. Part of me wishes that it weren't as easy for guys to, like, not participate in the NHL All-Star Game. Like, whether you make the punishment more severe or you... I know the winning team gets a million dollars each, so uh, <laughs> that's not bad. But maybe you make that more, so guys actually want to play.
1: Well, Ovi doesn't need money. The another thing none is of,
0: none of these guys. Really. When
1: you look at the All Star competition, like you go back, look, just look up on YouTube All Star competition. Ovi carried the hardest, like Chara was hardest shot. Ovi was hardest shot the last time he was in the All-Star competition. He carried the most creative shootout, whatever that oh, category yeah, was. He, he carried was, that for 3 years was in a row.
0: Awesome at that. Yeah. That's what I'm going to miss the most. And
1: he carried that competition for 3 years mm-hmm. like he made it what it was. People have seen OV his the way he carries himself, the way he plays, just how funny of a guy he is. They've seen that. Mm-hmm. Let's see the new kids, the Fair. young kids that bring swagger. Like Dylan Larkin, mm-hmm. people look up to Dylan Larkin, and he's like, you know what? I'm good.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to play. It just made me mad the way he did it. And if he said, like, I just think if you really didn't want to go, you just wait for them to vote and say, thank you so much. Give it to the next guy. Yeah. But instead, he was like, nah, don't vote for me. Don't vote for me. <laughs> I don't care if you like me or not. I don't want you to show it. All and, right. Uh, and final point, Tuka Rask, by the way, is not the guy that's going to add any flair to that. <laughs> to that competition he's probably just going to sit there and make saves and just be like oh, this is a good time yeah whereas Flurry turning backwards you remember that yes. that was a Bro Dor
1: just laying on his side exactly. with his leg up
0: <laughs> yeah I have no idea what Tuka would do I swear to god I think he'd just like poke guys he's like why are you trying that stuff like I'm not gonna he would em- come out and check them about- or exactly, something I'm not about to get embarrassed here
1: <laughs> uh, alright well we gotta talk about the last minute since we're talking about yeah, let's say, just mention don't it. vote feet. Mm-hmm. don't vote me uh, David Perron, TJ Oshie, Mitch Marner, and Quinn Hughes.
0: Quinn Hughes, brother of Jack Hughes. Yep. Not Jack Hughes.
1: Each will be making each will be making his first All Star appearance. Really? That's that's crazy. Yeah, it the is the fact that TJ Oshie and Mitch Marner, uh, David Perron, whatever, and Quinn Hughes. Whatever. David
0: Perron actually that surprises me because he's been around longer than Mitch Marner has. But yeah, but. Yeah, Mitch you, Marner. People Dion. aren't like, "Oh my
1: God, David Perron," <laughs> yeah, whereas exactly. they are Oshie and Marner.
0: That's fair.
1: Oshie joins two Caps teammates, John Carlson and Braden hope What? Braden Holpe is a goalie for the Metro. All right, we got to keep him now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> That's.
1: I'm going back. How is he? All, how is he <laughs> in the All-Star game? Doesn't He's he been so like, inconsistent he this like year.
0: Get like 19 shots a game.
1: Oshie said, and I quote, "It feels really good, especially for me and my family to be named." And like I said, especially when it's voted by the fans. See?
0: That's how you do that's it. That's how you handle Mark, it.
1: That's how you do it.
0: Even if you were to say, especially when it's voted by the fans, but I'm tired, and I don't want to.
1: Marner joins Austin Matthews and Freddie Anderson. Uh, it's awesome. This is his quote. It's awesome. I've got to thank the fans. Obviously, great honor. should be a lot of fun. See?
0: He instantly became one of my favorite guys in the league when it came out that um, Mike Babcock got there. When Mike Babcock made him make a list of the least hardest working players on the Maple Leafs and then read it out to the team and told them that he wrote it, instantly I was like, okay, I love Mitch Marner now because I felt so bad for him. Yeah, that's horrible. That's the worst thing I've ever heard, and I'm glad Mike Babcock got fired, and I hope he never gets a job again. He can work at, like, a rink or something doing the Zamboni.
1: Enough said. Uh, 2020 All-Star game. Do you know what's it's being played? St. Louis. Is it? Okay. Yeah. NHL All-Star Skills Competition will take place on January 4th. January 24th. That's a Friday, and then the game will be on January 25th. So, gotta shout out the, uh, if you're interested in watching, there it is. But, I know you won't be watching the Skills Competition on January 24th, because me and Christian will be calling Clemson University of Georgia Club hockey, and I know you guys will be tuned in. Of course, you will. So, all right, moving on. <laughs> I'm gonna read this one, so you don't get too mad and punch the mic again.
0: I'm actually happy about this, and I'm gonna explain. Well, I'm not happy, but there's a silver lining. Bruins
1: blow three goal lead, lose in shootout, and if you haven't, if you've been living under a rock the past two days and haven't been on Twitter,
0: <laughs> this is easily just. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in hockey.
1: Just get on Twitter and just look up Marshan, and you'll see the video. They lose in a shootout because of Brad Marshan. He had a chance to tie it up. Goes to carry the puck, you know, into the offensive zone, start making some moves.
0: As one does on the shootout.
1: Yep. And he,
0: big old swing and a miss, misses (laughs) the puck. But the thing is, he barely touched it it moved one inch so that Means that the shot clock started. Yeah. And once the puck stops, you're done.
1: So, yeah. Bruins lose. Yeah. Bruins in lose. So, embarrassing fashion. So here's
0: the silver lining. Uh, this isn't what I'm about to say is not the silver lining, but I'm getting to the silver lining. As you I, say, I here's the silver back. lining. I, I want to walk way. it back. What I'm about to say is not the silver lining. The Bruins are now zero and eight in the shootout. Yep. Uh, the silver lining is that this is rock bottom, and I'm going to explain why. It's not because we're 0-8. It's because before you were so horribly bad at the shootout that you couldn't win, and now you're so bad at the shootout that you can't even do it right. I mean, Brad Marchand didn't even do the shootout, and he had to score to extend it, and he, he didn't even do didn't it. even start he, the he penalty didn't, shot. He didn't participate in the shootout, even yeah. though he stepped on the ice to do that. So, it's rock bottom. You can't get worse than this. If next time we lose on a shot on net, it's like, well, now we're moving up. You know? So, so I, I... Well, you better knock on
1: wood because Nordstrom's going to go out there to shoot and he's going to just tear his ACL and not oh, even no. get to the puck. And then there's even further rock bottom. I
0: like that you use Nordstrom as the example because that's where we're at now where, like, Nordstrom and Steven Kampfer and... Yara Holak are going to be taking our penalty no, shots. No, I us.
1: use Nordstrom because if he does tear his ACL, you're not so mad at me that I jinxed it. I didn't want to say pasta, <laughs> and then he's out of the oh, league.
0: No. Yeah.
1: So that's <laughs> why I use Thank Nordstrom. you for saying You're that. welcome. Also, Marshan a little butthurt uh, <laughs> tweeting a video so of him kissing bul- the cup.
0: I'm pulling them up right now because this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> yeah. First of all, he posts a picture of him kissing the cup, which is hilarious, basically saying, like, still want a cup. Like, that's yeah. one game. Doesn't matter. Yep. And then people start roasting him for it. And this is where the funniest stuff comes in. Fun fact before I get to this. Um, little ball of hate, which you'll hear him called sometimes, that's coined by none other than President Barack Obama at the White House when he was introducing the 2011 Stanley Cup champs. And he said, and here, this little ball of, hey, Brad Marchand. And insane that that's the reason he gets called that now, because the president of the United States came up with it. I just think that's hilarious. But, oh, God, I can't find them. Great. He, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Brad Marchand goes on a rant. Not a rant. He just goes on like a... uh A Twitter, like, responding thread, whatever you want to call it. He just responds to different people being like, you dream about the things that I do in real life. You're a peasant. (laughs) Just anybody who responded to that picture of him holding the cup who said, like, even if they were nice about it and they were like, hey, like, I love everything you do. I love the Bruins, but you have to admit it was a little embarrassing. And he was like, they'll be like, even I can do that. Even I can pick up the puck in the shootout, and you're in the NHL. It would be like your shootout's in your driveway, you peasant. Uh You dream about the things that I do in real life. You're nothing. (laughs) Dream big, buddy.
1: Little ball of hate is couldn't be a better way to describe. I'm like a big fan of Barack now because he said that.
0: (laughs) It's just hilarious.
1: All right, let's stick with the Bruins and how their season just you know keeps getting worse. Uh, yeah, that's, that's
0: what's happening uh Rask got elbowed in the face <laughs> it was it was actually I mean they didn't call anything I can see how they would have missed it but if you, I want you to go watch the video and be the judge of yourself I don't know if he actually did it on purpose it looks like he extended his bottom hand a little bit and he took a little bit of forearm shiver to the head he's definitely concussed we don't know how long he's out hopefully not long but until then um I don't know if we can use his suspension now as part of his injury because he's going to get a one-game suspension for missing the All-Star game. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Unless he just withdraws from injury now and doesn't get a suspension, that's probably what he'll do. Because he hasn't pulled out. He's just said, I'm not going.
1: I don't know. I don't know how
0: any of that works. But either way, that's a big blow if he's gone for even a week. That's two games that he misses that we need him for. So, Best of luck to him just outside of hockey. Concussions are never good. Always bad. So hopefully it gets better soon because the Bruins need him.
1: Now, Yaroslav Halak will take the Bruins to the promised land.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs> that he will.
1: You have a thing about the standings. I just – let me throw this in here.
0: Yeah, we got to talk about this. We got
1: to talk about this. Uh, first of all – Wait,
0: see if you can guess what it is before we talk about it. The listeners, I know we were really vague. All right, Matt, why don't you get started?
1: Okay, there's two things. So if you guessed either one, uh, give us a shout out on Twitter <laughs> and we'll like your tweet because that's about all we can do right now. First thing, we'll, send, is you if you a, we'll send you a business card. Yeah, there you go. First thing is if you haven't seen Philip Forsberg's goal, please go look at it. And I want to emphasize this that I texted Christian last night, did you see Forsberg's goal? And he said, yes. What's embarrassing is the goalie knew it was coming, and he still got him.
0: So, yes, I felt bad for... They were playing Carolina, right? Edmonton. Edmund,
1: really? Yeah, because okay. Edmonton won. Right, because yeah, the yeah, Bruins yeah, were yeah. the only yeah. team that ruined my parlay last night.
0: So, it really doesn't matter who they are playing. I don't know who the goalie was. What if I it's Edmonton,
1: know? it's got to be Cam Talbot, but I'll <laughs> fact-check that. What
0: I do know is that for the past two that have happened, both for Svechnikov, that's why I thought it was Carolina because he's on Carolina mm-hmm. and he's on Raising Canes as well. <laughs> the last times that he did it, the goalie didn't see it coming and like that just makes it a good play on the part of Svechnikov and like a little embarrassing for the goalie, but like it's still new enough for like that's not something that you should be paying attention to. On this one, the goalie maybe can't tell, but put his glove up, knew it was coming, and knocked the puck in off the guy's stick. Which made me so sad for the goalie because, like, he did half the work where this move only works when the goalie isn't paying attention. But in this case, the goalie was paying attention, knew it was happening, and the puck still went in, which just made me so sad when it happened.
1: So it was Edmonton, and it was Mike Smith.
0: Mike Smith, I'm sorry for what you've gone through. Who is
1: a veteran goalie, by the way. He is a veteran goalie.
0: And, yeah, he put his glove up, and it just went by his glove. And like I said, it's a move that only works when the goalie isn't paying attention. Unless, I guess, you're Mike Smith and you are paying attention, but you just can't save it.
1: Anyway, I can't emphasize this enough that it was number one on Center because ESPN never, ever, 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 ever talks about hockey. So,
0: And I, this is an argument I'll use against ESPN. I don't like ESPN basically because of this. Um, hockey is just not part of the ESPN lexicon. They only have one hockey analyst and it's Barry Melrose. And the only reason it's him is because of his hair. Fair enough. Um, hockey's never on the top 10. And the thing is that anytime there's a buzzer beater in basketball, it's on the top 10, no matter how good it was, it could have been a layup. It's on the top 10. So a shot that because of that one shot, the game ends in a certain way. Every night a team scores in overtime, and most of the time, it's nasty. Like, it's a great play. Like, Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk snipes top left in three-on-three three overtime, and you don't hear anything about it.
1: It's fair. I And to add to that point, we saw over and over and over again last year in the NBA playoffs, Kawhi Leonard's buzzer beater in yeah. Game 7. And you didn't know this, when we were walking on the Library Bridge, that's the first Game 7 buzzer beater ever. It was last year. Mm. Do you know how many Game 7 overtime goals there have been in the NHL? Probably too many to count. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And those are the biggest goals in franchise history. Yeah. So it's insane that also the NHL playoffs is going on, and they care about... Game three of 162-game baseball season, and all the top ten plays are diving catches that I've seen every player make every day, and overtime game winners in the playoffs especially don't get any... Yeah. Don't get any looks. I know. So, but we're going to get shut down because Barstool has... Attacked ESPN and they didn't get a bowl And now we are
0: Yeah that was an interesting story actually Barstool was in position to buy the rights to a bowl In Florida I think it was Mobile Alabama Alabama. And ESPN who was broadcasting the bowl Said that they wouldn't broadcast it Unless Barstool was not affiliated with it The only reason is because They're like A media enemy I guess Competition Which I don't like that at all I think that's dumb
1: Just imagine the money that Barstool would have brought in if ESPN had, like, just shown the game, right? I think
0: it's so arrogant for ESPN to think that people are watching them because of their personalities. The only personalities people are watching for are Stephen A. Smith and um, Max Kellerman, maybe. And other than that, it's just they're watching for information, and that's not the reason anybody consumes Barstool. Nobody's like, I wonder what happened today, and they go on the Barstool app to check scores, because that's not how it works.
1: They're like, what if what crazy thing did Portnoy say today?
0: Nobody has ever said, "Should I download the ESPN app or the Barstool app?" It's like, well, which one do I want to do? It's they're different things. I, I think it's dumb. All right,
1: <clears throat> but yeah, let's get I, back to that's Hockey. my two cents. Yeah, all right, let's get back to and Hockey. that was such a long tangent. The thing you guys were supposed to guess that we want to talk about. Oh
0: wow! I told you. I didn't even realize how long the tangent was. Yes. We've had a lot of time to think about it, so if you haven't got it, shame on you. Yes.
1: Uh, Crosby returns last night against the Wild. Uh, He missed 28 games due to what they call core muscle surgery because of the hernia. Mm -hmm. talked about it before. And he has a three-point night, a goal, and the game-winning assist that was absolutely insane. Uh, Play behind the net. He just absolutely makes this defender probably not want to ever play hockey again, wraps around the goal, and saucers it through, like, three guys to—I'll look it up, who the goal scorer was, and he scores, and it's just like, one, how did he get through that defender behind the net, and two, how did this pass get through—
0: So I'm going to do one of my patented, I'm doing the movement in the studio, and you can't see it, but you can hear my description. (laughs) Crosby is on the right side of the goal. If you're Crosby, imagine you're Crosby. Tough to do, I know. You're Crosby. You're behind the net on the right side of the net. He banks a puck off the apron of the net, the back of the net, spins around the defenseman, is now on the left side of the net, on his backhand, coming out of the – like from behind the net. On the goal line, he zips it to a guy that is not even there, and then the guy just appears. Who knows how we saw him? It's because he's Sidney Crosby. This winger comes out of nowhere, who, by the way, is not Jake Gensel, his actual winger, because Jake Gensel is hurt right now. It's some guy that Crosby does not play with, has not played with for five months at least. I mean, five weeks at least.
1: Dominic Simon. I've never even heard of him. No.
0: I don't know if Crosby's ever even heard of him. (laughs) He comes up behind the net on the backhand, zips him a pass. The guy literally, like... He couldn't have arms, and he could—he would still would have put it in. That—that <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> it was such an easy goal because of the unbelievable play that Crosby makes, and this is the first game back after hernia surgery.
1: And he has three points. Three points. Yeah. Insane.
0: Yeah, crazy. So as we always do, we want to end the show talking about the standings and basically like how we think everything's shaked, How we think everything is shaking out right now. Um, there's a lot going on, so. First thing I want to get to
1: since we're just jumping into the standings yeah, yeah. is the Penguins are eight one and one in their last ten. And so you
0: would be a madman to not be worried about the Pittsburgh Penguins right now.
1: Yeah, so seven one and one in their last nine, all of those without Crosby.
0: And Gensel. And, and Gensel.
1: Two. And they get back arguably the best player in the league on top of that and they win 7-3 to three last night.
0: This is a team that is now 29-12-5 with 63 points. That's four points out of the league lead. Um,
1: and 28 of those were without Crosby. That's
0: mm. insane. At the beginning of the year, they lost Evgeny Malkin. Or Evgeny Malkin, you're supposed to say, yep. I guess. Yeah. Um, they lose him, second-best player on the team. And
1: Galchenyuk and, and then, Rust and everybody yes. you can probably name not So then Crosby. those
0: guys start coming back, and then arguably the best player in the world, one of the best players of all time, is out for five weeks yep. with a surgery that could affect him for the rest of the season. And then four weeks after that, the only good player you have left, what, breaks his leg or something? What did he do? Break his arm? I can't
1: remember. Getting Six told. weeks we're just going to be really vague like hockey and say it was a body injury. Yeah, it was
0: a body We don't even know if it was up or lower. It, it was a He got hurt, and he's out for at least six weeks. And they're still among the, top, the leaders of the league. When they get all those guys back, I think you'd be crazy not to consider them for the cup.
1: Yeah. <coughs> Which stinks because I was, you know.
0: You were just settling in. <laughs> As the leader of the Metro, and now you got to worry about them.
1: Yeah, and the Islanders uh, destroyed the Red Wings last night too. So I mean, the Red Wings are horrible, but yeah, the Metro we we trashed the Metro a little bit, and it's getting almost as tight as the Pacific is, where
0: every every division is tightening up right now, and I love it.
1: Yeah, that's true, but. Yeah, Penguins, 8-1-1, and their four-game win streak. So, I think they have the longest win streak in the league. Let me confirm that. Uh, Them and the Blues are tied for the longest win streak in the league with four. Mm. Speaking of which, um, the Blues and the Caps are tied for the top of the league standings. I thought the Blues had a game in hand, but they don't. So, both 47 games, both 67 points. And you... Of course, I'm going to bring it up. Blues won't... They will only spend one day in first place, and that'll be the first day of the season. And this is now, what, week eight of them being in first place, and now they're tied for first in the league. And I know you just have this hatred for the Blues since they beat you guys last year in seven games. This is a team that No, it's
0: not that. It's because they cheated and they kept running to caress, but...
1: Anyway, this is a team that <laughs> seriously could go back-to-back.
0: Yeah, they're so good. They're not going to go back-to-back, but they're so good. They're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. They're going to lose to the Dallas Stars. And that's what I said in, in the beginning anyways. Obviously, I was kidding when I said that the Blues would not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wasn't kidding, I actually. kind of You really believed it. They're not going to No, lose. but actually,
0: I really thought they would be bad.
1: It's going to be Blues AVS and the AVS are beating them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Caps AVS. I've already said that, and right now, it looks
0: pretty good. No, yeah, that doesn't look bad right now.
1: Where? Who was your
0: cup pick? It was Boston.
1: But uh, no, I know. But who was coming was out of the West? Well, that's not bad
0: either, actually. No, it's good. I actually like all of our picks right now.
1: Okay. Um. I keep saying um and my brother Nick pointed it out and now it's kind of like Metallica if you listen to their black album and you listen to Enter Sandman James Hetfield after every like syllable says ah exelita enternita and that's how I that's how I feel every time I say um I it like sticks out in my head
0: Uh so you turned a Verbal blunder into you feeling like one of the greatest rock stars of all time. Yes. I like what you did. Yes.
1: Uh of course James Hetfield. <laughs> we talked about Jim Montgomery to start the show. Speedy recovery. He's in rehab. Metallica had a cancer there. Mm. I love James Hetfield. So Anywho, uh, yeah. let's get back to hockey. Toronto yeah. and Tampa. We predicted this and it has now come to fruition that the lightning we're going to get it going, and they're 9-1 in their last 10, and they're catching up with the Bruins. They're six points behind with two games in hand, and the Bruins are on a two-game losing streak. Tampa has a real shot to win this division now, whereas three weeks ago, we said they might as well give the Bruins the Atlantic division. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, it, it's really scary <laughs> what they're doing right now. The Lightning are like, incredible. Uh, I think we both said that this would happen. We did bash John Cooper a little bit for, like, not having any sense of urgency. But, but we it, knew. But then it turned out that he didn't have to have. If
1: it. you go back and listen, as much as we trashed John Cooper, we said at the end of our rants, this team is way too good not to make a run. They'll, they will figure it out. Mm-hmm. So we did. I don't think either no, of us yeah, predicted. That,
0: that was one of our better conversations. I think that was good.
1: I don't think either one of us predicted them to win, like, 15 out of 16 like they have right now. And the Maple Leafs get rid of Babcock, and Toronto wins their first, 50, what, 15 out of 20? So Sheldon Keith is doing some good things in Toronto. And, again, like I predicted, you're welcome. It'll be Bruins, Tampa, and Toronto in the top three, not in that order And they, all three of them, are pulling away. Other than Florida, the Sabers are falling behind. Canadians don't have any shot. They just might as well trade Carey Price. (laughs) The Senators never had a shot, and the Red Wings, good lord, go to the AHL because they have a minus eighty-one goal differential this season.
0: And their best player is not even good. And their their best player, yeah,
1: their best player thinks he has enough clout to say, "I'm not going to the All Star Game."
0: Okay. Uh, Lightning, fun fact. The Lightning on January 7th faced off with the Canucks. Both teams had a seven-game winning streak going into the game. That was the longest in, like, 40 years. The longest winning streaks of two teams that were playing each other. That night, the Lightning won 9-2. to two. And I also want to point
1: out that it was tied at two with five minutes left in the second period. Because I watched that game. Seven
0: unanswered goals. So,
1: (laughs) this team can score on anybody, and they will score on anybody. And and I'm scared. The question is, are they going to choke in the playoffs? That's obviously the question in everyone's
0: mind when you watch the Lightning. So it's interesting because last year they never hit a spell like they did at the beginning of this season, and now they know how to dig themselves out of holes. So. Maybe that helps them. I don't know.
1: <coughs> Alright, we've gone an hour and 16 minutes.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about the Pacific a little bit before okay. we leave. All right, Because it's tight, but also the teams aren't that good that are in it. If you look at the points, the 57 points leaves the division that, let's see, that would be third in the central. That would be Third in the Atlantic, and not in the playoffs in the Metro.
1: In the in the that'd be in the wild card. They're in. leading the Pacific in the, <laughs> so they're second or they're third in the West. The Stars have more points, but they're in the West. They would be a one seed, right? In the East, they would be the first wild card. Mm-hmm. So I I get what you're saying. Everybody really has a shot, except for. The Kings and the Ducks. The Sharks are still in it. Yeah, they are. They're eight definitely po- points out. Definitely behind, but they're still in it. And then Vegas, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and Arizona are all within three points of each other. That's insanity.
0: Yeah, the. It's weird that the line is so razor thin, but. If you look at goal differential in the wild card spots in the in the West, Nashville's plus three, and then the next team, Chicago, which is one point behind them, is minus 15. And then from there, the rest of the teams are double digits uh, under par, I guess we'll say.
1: Well, what's crazy is the worst team in the West is minus 31 goal differential. The worst team in the East is minus 81.
0: Yeah. Which yeah, this so th- this argument comes up a lot. This was I guess this is how we will in the show, playoff structure. In the NHL, a lot of people call for just. This is what people are saying in the in the NBA, is just go one through sixteen, top sixteen teams in the league make the playoffs. Don't have any conferences. Right. Uh, you can't do that in hockey, and the reason is, if you look at those goal differentials, it'll tell you that. The West is playing each other a lot tougher than the East is. Yeah. Well, the East may have better teams, and we'll find out at the end of the year, maybe. Um, The best teams tend to win in the East, and in the West, any team can win on any given night, which means that if you abolish that, then it—I don't know. It's just in the West, it's a different—hockey, it's a different way to earn— your way into the playoffs, and it is in the East, and I don't think you can change that. That's part of the game.
1: I still like the idea of going one through eight, though.
0: I do, too, but I think that you should make the playoffs in the way that you do, and then reseed. Because I've never had a problem with the way you qualify for the playoffs. I actually like the system you use. The wild card I think, system. Yeah, I think that three teams from each division should get it. Because, like I said, some divisions play each other much tougher, and if Teams are beating up on each other in division, as we talk about in college football all the time. Then your division is going to be left out of the playoffs for the most part, and that isn't really fair because just because your team is your division is better up and down. It's not about what's fair. It is about I think it. Is. Oh <laughs> Lord, but that's you might
1: that's as the well thing. just get get rid of the Stanley Cup and get get participation trophies out here for the best teams.
0: But there's something fair. to be said that if if your division is the best in the league and it plays each other as tough as... as It plays each other the toughest of any of the divisions, then you're the better...
1: What are you trying to say?
0: (laughs) If your division plays itself tough, then at the end of the year, you're going to be left out because your best teams are losing to your worst teams a lot. Don't beat each
1: other up so much.
0: What, so the the worst teams are just supposed to not try?
1: It's the same argument in college football. And I'm going to start talking like NPR. It's the same thing in college (laughs) football. It's the same thing in college football. Pac-12 always beats himself up. Nobody gives a crap about the Pac-12's feelings.
0: Utah, don't lose. That's because they don't. They don't care enough to make a change, but right now you have a system that works, and I don't think you change it. No, it doesn't work. It does They should go one through eight. No, that's not how you should make it. That's how you should seed it.
1: You're insane. No, I'm not. They should go one through eight, and that's how you should make it. You know why?
0: Because more metropolitan teams would make it, and you have division. It doesn't matter,
1: though. Right now, there could be five metro teams and three Atlantic. The Metro could still take up two wild card that's spots. What it, would be. it doesn't matter. The Atlantic will always have three teams that are good enough to make at least the 8 seed.
0: Yeah. Either way, it's stupid that the 2 has to play the 3 because that's that's why ago, I hate it. A couple years ago in the Metro, the second best team in the league played the third best team in the league in the playoffs in the first round. Or maybe it was the second best team and the fourth best team.
1: Well, I know in the second round, as far as points go, yeah. yeah. Well, I know in the second round for four straight years, the first best team and the second best team in the entire league played each other in the second round, not the third. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, ridiculous. How does that
0: make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Stupid. I was gonna look up something, and you. Uh, oh, I'm looking up. Shout out to Nick. They got their first dub.
0: Yeah. My brother Nick. Let's so. Go.
1: He uh, got mad at me. We were uh, we were on PlayStation, and he was like, where's my shout-out? We finally got a win. And then I think they played a game last week, and they got destroyed again because they only had, like, probably eight skaters, I think, which is insane. But he had a goal and an assist. So Nick showing up. That a boy. Yeah. Shout-out to Zach, too. I'll give him a shout-out.
0: Shout out, Zach.
1: Zach, I told him you'll if you start donating, you'll get a shout out, but he does help pay my phone bill, so I think that's fair enough. Yeah, that right? counts. So,
0: thank you, Zach. Yeah, that's for right. For financing Matt's <laughs> ridiculous LOL text to me. If you didn't help pay his phone bill, then I wouldn't have to read LOL so much, but I do, so I guess thank you, but really not.
1: Really not. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? No. <laughs> Shout out mom and dad. Yep. Mom and dad. Love you. All right. Uh, hour and 23 minutes. If you are still listening, you are a champ.
0: Yeah. We appreciate you.
1: Anything. I, I do want to point this out before we go. Anything that you have a problem with that we said, if you want to fact check us, if you have questions, if you want to challenge us, tag us on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Right? We want. No, we'll open a dialogue. We'll definitely talk to you. We'll yeah. mention you on the podcast And for that's. Sure.
1: That's how we're going to get more listeners. We're going to get people involved. You're going to text your friends and say, I listen to this podcast. They just talk crap on your team or they said Crosby's amazing. And, and guess
0: what? You can text them and they'll argue with you right now. They'll argue with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: get them to listen, uh-huh. you know, and we'll get involved and we'll keep updating our social media and it'll all be good.
0: It'll all be fun.
1: Google Podcast, uh, at Google Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, Google Podcast at gmail.com. Christian Brady, Matt T. Art. We'll see y'all later. See ya. Peace.